0: God is not doing a business of evacuating people from the earth. Is that okay? God is not in the business. Listen to me. If you, are, if you know God called you, if you know you are coming in to meet with God, find out what he has in mind. Read the book. The apostles of Jesus came to him. And they said, Master, teach us how to pray. Just as John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. What do you find from that? It's not just the issue of prayer. They want to capture the mind of their master. So that they can pray the way their master intends to pray. And to know the will of this master. They were, are you saying they don't know how to pray before? They were praying. But they must come in alignment with the thoughts of the master. And say, teach us how to pray. We know John the Baptist taught his people how to pray. That simply means for every move, there is a pattern. The prayer that John the Baptist disciples prayed was not the same thing that disciples of Jesus were taught to pray. Am I taking to somebody now? You must know the mind of the one you are working with. I want to re-emphasize God's mind is not to evacuate anybody. He is he is building a kingdom. He is raising a kingdom. He is establishing a kingdom upon the face of the earth. And he's using people to do that. That is his intention. That is his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, chapter 12. I'm going to read him from verse 18. It says, For he said, For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and the burnt with fire not unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words with voice a heart did a the heart entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure that which was commanded as if so much as a beast touched the mountain it shall be stoned or trusted with the dogs and so terrible was the sight that moses said i exceedingly quick hallelujah now you can understand what he's saying here. He's describing when God came to give the commandment to the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. Is that okay? The Bible said he came in such a terrible manner that even Moses himself was frightened. And the people say, "Hey, we don't want you to talk to us. You can talk to Moses. We thought we were going to be friends. We didn't know you are coming in this kind of terrible shaking and quaking and fire." So you just talk to Moses and let Moses talk to us. I'm a friend, listen to me. And that was the biggest mistake the whole children of Israel made. That is why they couldn't enter the promised land. Because they never could hear from God. And so there was no faith in their life. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They felt there was so much noise. So they couldn't stand and say, God, we don't want to hear you. If you don't hear God for yourself, you can't move that far. Is that okay? verse 22 now I want you to understand in concept as well that that is the economy that was the first economy when called that economy of Israel is that okay because the law that came in there established what they are called the Old Testament which was the church that was a wilderness according to Acts chapter 7 is that alright and that was also an expression of the kingdom of God because if you truly want to trace a kingdom it's all started from Genesis we don't have the time to go over there. But everything starts from Genesis. Because like I always tell you, kingdom is established when four things are in place. A king, the subject, the law, and the land. Which is the territory. Once you have these four places in place, you have what? A kingdom. And so we know that in the garden, there was a law. Thou shalt not eat. Is that okay? The subject was Adam and Eve. Is that alright? Hallelujah. The territory was a garden, and the king was God. So, there was the kingdom in the garden. And you can extend that. So, anytime God's got a people to talk to and is instructing them and they are walking in consonant with that with God is saying, kingdom is being expressed. Is that okay? So, now here, when we're looking at what in the mountain, God was only trying to give the laws that would guide the kingdom at that particular dispensation. Now, I'm reading it because there's something I'm going to make you see at the end. Now, verse 22. He said, But you are come unto my Sinai, unto my Zion. So there are two mountains. One is my Sinai and one is my Zion. Is that okay? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to a company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. We don't have to speak so much on this. Time it's not there. But the key thing I want you to understand is that you have come unto the city of the living god you don't die to go to the city you don't get rapture to get to the city there is no city you are going to you are already in the city and that city is called man zion and this was the city that abraham was looking for why abraham was looking for it was well, because it was not yet in existence because the city had to come into existence after the death of christ So the Bible said by faith, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And Jesus said, I will build my church. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, you've come to that city. So you don't need to die to go to the city. You don't have to be raptured to get to the city. This is God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 20, 24. And to Jesus, mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Hebrew, we may have some time to deal on just these three passages of Scripture. Sometime, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. So somebody is talking, and where is he talking from? See, the first man spoke from the mountain. Now this man is talking from the church. Is that okay? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we return away from him that speaking from heaven. Now, you can see the first covenant is referred to as an earthly covenant, and the second covenant is referred to as a heavenly covenant. One is speaking from a heavenly perspective, which is the New Testament. The other one spoke from earth. And that is what in Genesis, Deuteronomy 32, we say, Here, all heaven and earth he is speaking to people. The heavens, then represent the priests. The earth represents the other people. Is that okay? Hear this. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says God spoke in time past in diverse manners. What is he doing? He's not speaking through the sun, and the sun is a corporate body. So he's speaking from heaven. doesn't mean he's speaking from outer space. He's speaking from the church. That is where his voice is today. People won't understand. They want to hear God from the sky. You may be fortunate to hear one as well. But you better hear the one who is talking now. Hallelujah. You must understand the son is not one man. I'm sure you know. It's not a single individual floating somewhere called Jesus. This is his body. He is the head of the body. Come on, am I talking to somebody? The church is the body of Christ. Do you believe that? Can the body exist without the head? What the head does is to give insights and mind and direction to the body. That is what the body does. I mean the head does. So when the Bible says Christ is the head of the church, it means we draw inspiration and understanding from Christ. That is not to say it's going to float one day and rest on your head. How many of you are walking without head here? Hallelujah. So he's speaking. Amen. <laughs> Hey, glory to God. Verse 20 says, Who voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. That means there are some dimensional spiritual thoughts that are not right in the sight of God. And there is a voice that is coming from the spirit to break through those things, that your mind can be properly reconfigured into the situation and intent of God and his will. It's not just shaking the head. By implication, it's not shaking the natural man. He didn't just shake the church. He's also shaking even the present church. So that the things that are there, which men have brought in, the doctrines of men, might be shaken. That reality will come. God will break into your spirit, man. You can have a relationship with him. Remember the Bible says, we've come unto the living God. We've come to him. So if you come to him you have to have a relationship with him but you know there are a lot of teachings that makes you very very far away from god they put god up there and you are here and you need help all the time the only way you need help you always try to get across to the angels angel gabriel angel stephen angel philip huh? in angel docas i don't know because i don't know no no docas okay bartholomew okay angel bartholomew and all that hallelujah amen glory to god sometimes you wear them on your neck too huh so that it can help you better are you following what i'm saying and some of you because of your low way of thinking and not understanding the manner dimension of god you put your bibles under your pillow you are still behaving the same way one is wearing angel on his neck you putting bible under your pillow is that what will give you inspiration it's what you know not under your pillow if you don't know how to read, good. Maybe God will help you with that. But you see, when you use the Bible like a charm, it's talismanic. That's talisman. Talisman is anything you carry that gives you strength and support. Am I talking? huh. So just yeah, that this one is too big to be in your pocket. And sometimes even put it in your back pocket, you feel because the Bible is there, you are safe. God bless you for your faith. Hallelujah. Now, Let's get down verse 27. This word yes one must signify the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. Those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and Godly fear. Is that okay? Hallelujah. We receive in a kingdom. Why do you say we are receiving a kingdom? Something is coming into our life. Essentially, you must understand this. In Matthew 12, verse 28, the Bible says, If I cast out devils with the Spirit of God or the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So when you're receiving the kingdom, you're receiving the virtue of the Holy Spirit. So there is an increase. There's a growing process taking place in your life. Because according to Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. But there are some things that has to be shaken out of your life for it to be established. So there's a growing process or a growth process that is taking place. We are in the kingdom. But we've got to grow within the kingdom. And the kingdom got to grow within us. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? We come to the place where there's going to be a true manifestation of kingdom upon the face of the earth. Friend, I repeat this to your hearing god is working towards establishing his kingdom on the face of the earth he's not in the business of evacuating anybody no intention whatsoever let me tell you this at the end of the business this earth is going to become paradise right here and men shall seek to be in fact there is no king no nation that will not come into this kingdom no creature that will not come into this kingdom it is god's intention from the one and god is going to finish it Hallelujah. So, what am I saying? Look at the book of Revelation 20, verse 7. And it says, He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's the key thing now. That's where we're going to start from. Hallelujah. A king is a man that has dominion over a territory, and there are things. And think about it in the true sense of it that is neither male nor female in this contest you're going to receive all that God has for you glory to God are you listening so here the Bible is telling us he that of our commit, shall inherit what? all things, not some things and I'm going to be his God and he's going to be my son God is calling people to become sons let me tell you, I said this a few days to someone who was trying to talk with me God didn't call you to be a Christian. I have always said that here. He never called you to be a Christian. He called you to be a child. Or a son. To be very specific. The Bible says, As many as believe in what he is saying, or the gospel, he gave power to become what? The sons of God. Power to become is thing to become sons, not to become Christians. Hallelujah. Amen? So, you must understand that. And he said, All my sons, those who have become sons, they're going to inherit all things. And that's something you need to be thinking about. And that is because they are sons in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. But the key thing again, what I've come to see, he said, those are overcome. And I will tell you, let me create a desire, if you will, in your heart this morning. It's not enough to be a son. There is also a place of being a firstborn among the sons in the father's house. You see that? Hallelujah. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? There is a community or a company of people that shall seem to be the, like a false burn. You see, that is why the prodigal son, son, brother, have need of nothing. Because he was a false burn. When he was getting angry, the father said, why are you worried? And why are you angry? You have always been with me. You are a firstborn, as it were. You have your portion. And whatever thing you need from the farm, you can always have it. Is that okay? Because he's going to have what? A double portion as a firstborn. The Bible says, The that overcome shall inherit all things. There is a place for the manifold, if I may use the word, double passion, blessing that comes to you because of an overcoming spirit, such that you become a master in the midst of the setting that is supposed to be called the house of God. People then will look unto you to put things right. Remember, the Bible says, We are all sons of the Father, but Jesus was the firstborn. And so we look unto Jesus. Even so, there are settings that God is putting in place. There are local assemblies, if you will, that God is putting in place. There are dimensions of grace that God is releasing to make them health. So that others will look unto them. Not because they have to proud themselves. But they will have enough to give to the body. So that they all grow to become the manifold or the full and the stature of the measure of Christ. But there is something you need to envy about that. And not just being jealous. I'm talking of a desire. When you have a crazy it's like, say, God, I, I would like to be part of this. I can see it. I'm saying this so that you can see it. See what Elijah had to tell Elijah. If you can see me. Now, what he's saying is if you can see me face to face, if you can move beyond the natural and see what is going on in the spirit, you will get your desire. There is a place for seeing beyond the natural into the spirit to see. This is a frame. This is the frequency. This is the desire. You can capture it and God can let you have it because you know what's happening in the spirit realm. You know the Bible says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessing. Where? In heavenly places. So it is what you see that you get. You may spend all your time praying as long as you don't see it. You can get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God told Abraham, Say, you better look up wherever your eye can see, wherever, how far, that shall be unto you for what? For representation. Hallelujah. So the Bible says you shall inherit all things. Now, let me begin to deal with this dimension of sonship. You see, you hear people say, now we're the sons of God. I say yes, and I say at the same time, I say that's not true. I'm going to make you see why hallelujah now every child that is born a boy, it could be a little you call that a little baby but it's a boy, it's already a son in fact it's a father am i correct hmm? fine but that child must need to pass through some process to become a father so you don't just look at the baby today and say father no there are some things the child must grow up to become, to do, to become what? A father. But whatever we enable that child to be a father is already there. Is that okay? Right. Now the father you come to the Lord doesn't make you a son in that sense. Understand me? Now let's begin to read. Galatians 4. Look at verse 1. Now I say that the heir, now is the heir, is the one that inherits all things. Am I right? Okay. As long as he's a child, not nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. Can you see that? He that overcomes shall inherit all things. By every, I mean by virtue of him being born into the king's family or into the father's house, you are a potential heir. But there are limitations. Is that okay? And so you can be in the Father's house and yet you don't you don't have what you have. You can get what you are supposed to get. Why? This is number one reason you are a child. the The Greek word for child is nepios, n e p i o s, nepios, and it means an infant, a minor. Hallelujah. And this guy was good and he said it means an immature Christian. Hmm. (laughs) A babe. An immature Christian. Now, you see, as long as you remain an immature Christian, you can't get the inheritance in the Father's house. So there is a place for growth. There is a place for development. You see, I'm not talking about you being in the the church or in the local assembly for 20 years. That doesn't make you a mature Christian. Amen? You may have been there for 30 years. That doesn't make you a mature Christian. Say, these are immature Christians. They are babe, nephews. They are potential heir, but they can't get anything. And I'm sure these are the group of people that move from house to house, from church to church, seeking for one prayer point or the other. Immature. They are just there. Hallelujah. Amen. Now look at look at look at look at Galatian. Let me show you characteristics of, of immature Christians. Would you like to get some? Okay. Galatians 3, verse 1 to 3. Oh, fully Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eye Jesus Christ have been evidently set for crucified among you. This only will I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? What he's talking about the flesh here actually have nothing to do with the natural flesh. He's talking about with the laws. The laws of Moses. Men came into this church that Apostle Paul have established and was trying to teach them that they can only walk through and get to their place of rest by obeying the laws of Moses. So one of the characteristics of immature Christians are those who seem to so abide by laws. Amen? I love something that, that can't be. Oh, he says something, man. Terrific. He Hear this. I never got it that way before. You see, when he says, The wind blows where the Spirit listed, and no man knows and so are those that are born of the Spirit. He says, it's not saying it's the wind that blows. It is you that have to be moved. You don't determine how to live. God determines how you live. So those who are not born of the Spirit, they are not static. Come on, hear this. Man, 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 man! That was a revelation. See, so are those that are born of the Spirit. So you can't, you, 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 you can't say this is who he is. No, you can't tell because the Spirit takes them wherever he wins. Anywhere the wind is blowing, they are there. By implication, the Spirit moves them. He takes them. They, you see why they are connected to the frequency of the spirits. So you can't pin them to this, you can't pin them to that. Hallelujah. So the bewitching here have nothing to do with uh, whatever. If I the word bewitch, baskayno that is the Greek word, it means to malink, to fasten by false representations, to bewitch, to malink to slander, criticize, to smear, damaging. So, when somebody maligns you, it takes you from what is right into that which is wrong. It gives you a false impression. It describes to you who God is, who God is not really. Is. It creates some other mindset into you, and you begin to leave what is right to doing that which is wrong. In that dimension, you have been bewitched. So, witchcraft is not what you call African magic. Witchcraft is anything that takes you away from worshiping the true God. It could be a doctrine that is not right, it is still witchcraft. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He says, So who have bewitched you? So you must understand it. That shows that the Corinthian church was an infant church. I mean, the Galatian church. Because they did not know. You know, if you can go down to Ephesians 4, this is one of the things that Paul was contending with with all the churches he established. It was difficult for them to stand on the faith. That's why, even in Ephesians talk, he talks about those who came with all manner of doctrines being tossed to and fro. You remember that? He said, men lying in wait with all manner of doctrines to turn you away from the truth. Ephesians 4, verse 14. Hallelujah. And when that happens, you have been bewitched, and there is no way you can come to the place of total maturity. That means, listen to me, people of God, anytime time man comes to you with all manner of teaching and you are easily taken away, is just pointing to one thing. You are not a mature son. You are an abuse. Is that okay? And and you, you're expecting to get some things. What are you getting it from? As long as you're an abuse, you know you're an heir, but you have nothing. You are no better than a slave. And slaves have no right to an inheritance. How many of you understand that when you come to the Father's house, you don't beg for things, you ask for things? Amen? Ask is not demanding, it's a request. Because there are things you are qualified for that God cannot deny you because of your age. Hallelujah. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Huh? There are some things you don't struggle to get by reason of your age, you can just ask for them. Hmm? I can sign my child without putting anything on it and give it to my son to go and claim money. But I can't give it to everybody in the family. Am I talking here? Because these guys have grown to a level they can do some things. They can represent me. I can give them the authority. That is what the father did to the prodigal son when he gave him the ring. That is signatory. That is authority. You can sign on my behalf. And anytime you sign, it's approved. These are mature people. We are not talking of those crying in church, coming to church with a list of the things you want God to do for you. Now let's progress. So in maturity are those who are easily swayed. You are here today, tomorrow you are there. Somebody come and say, this thing you believe in, you think it's true. You don't have any thorough foundation and conviction of what you believe. And before you know it, you are swayed into something else. And somebody said, come on, brother. He said, oh, well, yes, I know, I know it's true, but I'm just trying to examine it. What are you examining? You were never convinced before. You didn't even know what to believe. Hallelujah. Look at First Corinthians 3. See characteristics of the nephews. Men who can talk, infant doesn't talk. How many of you understand that? An infant doesn't know how to talk. The only thing they know how to do is to cry. Mm. I'm not surprised by the prayer meetings of the church today. Because all we do when we go to prayer meeting is to cry. Infants. Can they talk? <laughs> Even when they have need, they don't know how to express their needs. That is an infant. The only way they can tell you they have need is to cry. Am I talking here? Do you have babies at home sometimes? You know how they behave? Even when they are hungry, they can't say, I'm hungry because they can't talk. So what will they do? They'll just be crying. The father comes and says, What do you want? You want biscuit? I remember yesterday passing by, one of them was crying. And the father said, What do you want? He said, (laughs) Chingon. I want that. And that's exactly how we request. We look for the things that are sweet but have no value. God taught me so much yesterday from that little baby. Along the street, we look for what is sweet but have no value. What would Chingon give to you? But that's what he was crying for. You cry for the things that only have value in your life. Infants. <laughs> God said, I have better things in store for you. All these tears means nothing. Talk to me. Mm. Let's talk. What do you want? Not just crying all the time. And you think when you cry, that's where God hears you most. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, listen to this. Moses was to cross the Red seat. What did he do? He started crying. Don't say, Why are you crying, Moses? What's in your hand? Get up up your face. Come on, strike the road and cross the Red Sea. He was behaving like an infant. The same thing happened to Joshua. Maybe Joshua saw it from Moses and he thought it's a pattern to go. Ha! Ah. Don't say, Come on, get up here. Walk into the Jordan and let it part and let the people go. Stop crying. Does it make sense? All the time you're crying since you were born again, you've been crying. What have your tears produced? <laughs> Talk to him. You are an infant. Hmm? Come on. Am I talking to somebody? You know what? I want to bring you out of yourself to who you really are. Some of you are behaving below your age. Akia babo. <laughs> you be, behaving below your age. And you think it's Christian virtue. Huh? Eh? You think it's Christian virtue to behave below your age. That when you are supposed to talk, you'll be crying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Infants. Now look at the next thing. First Corinthians. Are we there? I look at verse 1 to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto canna, even as unto babes in Christ. Mm. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, now that yet, now are you able? For you are not, are you not canna? For whether there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are you not canna and walk as men? Is that, come on, is anybody getting that? This is the characteristic of infants. The truth is, we are more of infant denominations than much of fellowship. Is that okay? Envy, jealousy, strife. Ambitions, ambitions, unnecessary divisions, forming cliques is a clear indication of who being in the pews in God's house. Hallelujah! Are you listening to me? You are born again, but you are an infant. Hmm? When in a local assembly, maybe you have some fraction to yourself, and you sir, you're just an infant, you are a baby. Listen, the fact that you're a baby doesn't mean you can't manifest the gift of the Spirit. You seek and manifest, but you're a baby. Because the Corinthian church, they were left behind in no spiritual gifts. But they don't understand how to walk with God. There's a place for manifesting gift and walking with God. Are you listening? So we are a lot of people who have a lot of gift, but they don't know how to walk with God. They don't know what God expects of them. They are infants. And so Paul says, so you are babes. Because there's a lot of division in your life. Neputes. Check your spirit. Who are you? Are you a Neputes? I'm going to share another class of persons in the house. And of course, you know, you can grow through this dimension of the four levels I'm about to show you. From the nephews, you can go to the world, neither call the techno. Move on to John 1. John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. The word sons there is techno. And techno means as a child produce. It means a daughter. Glory to God. Essentially, we are talking of moving from the level of an nephews into someone else that god can truly identify with and probably can communicate to amen i'm going to give you some little illustration on that as well now I'll turn to the next thing and this is why people are confused in first john three verse two. First john three verse two the bible says beloved now are we the sons of god and it does not appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him For we shall see him as he is. The word sons there is the same thing as techno. Techno simply means a child. It's not talking about a mature son. Is that alright? And so he is saying it does not appear what we shall be. That is to say our sonship is not yet full. Is that okay? What he's trying to say, now we are in the house, but we are growing into becoming something else. And what we are going to be, we are yet to manifest. Now you can see, the true dimension of this manifestation is more or less close to what you can find in Matthew 17, which has to do with what he call the transfiguration. When the Bible says Jesus transfigures, and there was this glittering that flowed out of him, his countenance was like that of the moon sun or beyond it. Is that okay? That is what we shall be. But now we are sons. It does not appear. It doesn't yet show. Men can see what we are going to become. But that is the example of what we are going to become. There is going to be a putting on of the very glorified body. The same type that Adam had before he lost it. And that's why the Bible says in Luke 3 and the last verse. Adam was the son of God. Amen? When he lost it, he's no longer the son of God. It's a glory dimension. So here the Bible says, now nah are we children, not just infants now. Is that okay? We are not talking of infants now. We are children. We've grown beyond nephews to the realm of techno. Now we are children at this level we can talk at this level we can hear God God can communicate at this level we begin to find bearing in the house of God we know our position we know what he expects of us Hallelujah Look at Romans 8:15 Amen Romans 8:15 For you have not received the spirit of bondage again can you get out of fear but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry what our father. The spirit is a bearer witness with our spirit that we are what the children our techno there. The spirit bearer witness with our spirit that we are what fine. Our son it is the same thing as what techno. Now we are children. We've got the spirit. The spirit can communicate, we can relate to the spirit. We have the mind of the father, we can know what God wants. We have grown from nephews to techno by the receiving of the Holy Spirit that bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, it simply means you, you can know if you are a child and you can know if you are not a child. The nephews may not be able to know, but the techno you know. Do you need anybody to tell you whether you are a child of God or not? The Bible says it bears witness with your spirit. Hallelujah. That we are what? The children of God. And that is what we are. Now you have grown, I repeat, from your nephew stage to the place where you can recognize some things. You can relate when a child begins to say, Father, that child has grown beyond just crying and then mother giving breast milk. Am I I don't know. Am I communicating? When a child begins to call, Papa, no, it's coming from somewhere. Are you getting what I'm saying up? Yeah, that child has grown beyond just receiving milk. He's come to the place of identification. He knows who his father is. If you place four men together and say, where's your father? He can tell your father. I'm asking the child, do you know who your father is? All the time you want people to tell you about your father, you have not yet come to the place of techno. Because if you know who your father is, you should know what your father wants. You should know what he doesn't want. You should be able to relate to Him in person. Amen. Glory to God. You know, take any child from the children ministry and ask them, who is your father? Those who have grown to that level who call the names of their father. Am I talking? Do you know your father? That's the level of the techno. You've come to know him. Amen. You, you can stand and say, I know the God that I serve. I know my father. My father spoke to me yesterday. My father talked to me. You can make reference. I'm talking of identifying with God as a father. That's the level of techno. Not everybody pushing you here and there, telling you things all the time. You're going to find out about what God, what is God saying? Hey, what is God telling you? Are you a son? You know, people can come to me and say, hey, Pastor, what is God saying to me? Ha! Huh? You are in the father's house. You're asking me about what your father is telling you. What is God telling you? Am I talking? Why? Because you have the spirit of your father. He sent a spirit to you. And that spirit is spirit of identification. He said, He gave the spirit in a where I We have cry. What? Abba father. He gave us a spirit. He relates with us. He talks with us. In your dreams and vision and revelation, Man, you've got to hear God. You can relate with him. If he's traveling, you should know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Am I talking? Yes. You should be able to know. As a level of being a techno, you should have that clear identification that this is God. And if certain things happen, you say, No, my father can do this, so I'm not doing it. You should know this thing will not please my father, so I'm not going that way. And Jesus will say, I do nothing except what I see my father do. Hallelujah! Are you still there? Level number three the wheels. Hallelujah, Romans eight nineteen. Romans eight nineteen. Are you there? For the earnest expectation of the creature, waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. This word son here means we us. HUIOS, H U I O S, and the true meaning of this is kingship, a son. By implication, you are already becoming an heir. Amen? You've come to the place where you can rule the empire of the father. You can become a king. Hear this. The Bible says the creation is waiting for kings, not just sons. And kings have authority. Kings have rule. The Bible says the works of the king is with power. So we are talking about sons in the house who can make statements and they are establishing the spirit because they are kings. Not just asking for loaves of bread because your father is coming from a journey. Now these are people who are ruling on behalf of God. And the Bible says, I'm made of prince and kings and we shall reign upon the earth. And let me say something there. There is only one man in the scripture that truly fulfilled that scripture in a dimension. And that is David. David was both a priest and a king. He was a king but he was a priest. He was not only a priest, he was a prophet. How many of you understand what I'm saying? The whole of the psalm, come and look at the psalm and see how he spoke so much about God. How he spoke so much about the things that are going to come. That was in his prophetic dimension. But when it comes to writing songs, he was a priest you call it the sons of david am i talking to somebody but on the other hand he was in authority can you see what i'm saying so priests and kings are two dimensions of god's spirit that flows through your life you can manifest as a priest and manifest as what as a king and david was actually walking in that dimension he was a priest and was a king He will write the psalm, he could say so much about God, the majesty of God, how they need to praise God. He could write things that will make people to see the glory of the Father. Because he was a priest. Are you getting what I'm saying now? And there is no kingship or dynasty that can be compared with that of David. That is why it is through the lineage of David that Christ has to come. Because the people that God is looking for on the face of the earth are priests and what? and kings. Some of you don't even know anything. The truth is, those who don't come into the realm of priesthood, to be able to function as a king, they'll be despots. What I mean is, they'll be harsh people. Kings are intercessors. I mean, priests. They are intercessors. Are you hearing this? They carry a lot of mercy in their hearts. But kings without priesthood, are harsh and terrible people that always give knock on the, on the people's head. And one of the people that needed to walk in this dimension, and I came into not being a priest, is Rehoboam. He said, listen, my smallest finger huh, is greater than my father's loins. The waist. Take a man's waist. See, that is how my small finger. You know, I'm going to multiply your taxes. He was a king, but not a priest. And there are a lot of priesters today who are kings, but they are never, never priests. And they can come to that dimension, and God is not looking for them. Amen? We've got a lot of pastors who are not, they have not tasted anything about the priesthood of God. They don't know so much about the kingship, but they don't know anything about priesthood. So the wills of God are kings. But these are kings who rule with a priestly mandate, just like David. Are you there with me? <laughs> Glory to God. So here he said now, and that is what creation is waiting for. Do you think creation is looking for people that will give them tyranny? people who subject them? Is that what human beings are looking for? You think people are looking for somebody like Hitler? So when we say kings, oh yeah, me king. You don't have priesthood, anointing, grace in your life. You can function as a king of God or king for God. Hallelujah. Are you following glory to God. So here we are not talking of nephews. We are not talking of just technos who just know their father. We are not talking of those who can take responsibility. Is that okay? Those who creation can look unto. People can come close to you and you give them life. Are you hearing me? You can make provision. Kings doesn't lack. People supply the kings and they supply others. Kings makes the rule. They make the laws. People have to be able to define their direction through you as a king. People come to you for counseling. You give them the right counsel. This is kingship in function. How many years I've been a Christian? Think about that. You can hardly be able to give soccer to anyone. Not even a clear direction as to how to go about in life. So the final analysis 80% of Christendom is within the realm of nephews. Just some have only just graduated into being technos. Am I right? <laughs> because there should have be been more joy coming to creation because sons have risen. But even what we see today is people saying, I don't want to go to church. I don't even want to be part of it. And the unfortunate thing is this. We've come to the realm where even the unbelievers can say some things to us and we don't have anything to reply them. Glory to God. Do you understand? Kings, they make the laws. They make the rules. Their words are authority. When they say a thing, it stays. That's kingship. How is your prayer life? Remember, Job says something. They shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. Only kings can decree. Can I hear an amen to that? Are you listening? Only kings can do what? Can decree. Ahazarus have to make a decree. King Nebuchadnezzar have to make a decree. Only kings can make a decree. And when the kings make a decree, it's established. It has to be obeyed. Is that okay? When Jesus spoke to the wind, that was a decree. Let there be peace. Let that be that's the decree, and that's what creation is waiting for. How is your prayer life? How is your language? How do you speak when you speak to cancer? They must go speak to ear pain. Anything you got to come to the place of making decrees, but the laws are in the mouth of the priest and the king. They make the laws, the priest decree. Hallelujah. Have you taken that in? Did they go in? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Now, if you look at Romans eight fourteen, he says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the wheels of God." Now, I want to give you the third dimension, the fourth dimension rather, and this is what I really enjoy about the whole thing, and this is my desire. <laughs> this is this is this is what I crave for. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to get it? Talk with me to Genesis 49. Mm, I like this. Not just being an abuse. No. Not just being a techno. No. Not even just being a king as it were. Wheels. are. But you hear this. Are you there with me? It says, Joseph is a fruitful bath. Even a fruitful bath by a well. Whose branches run over the wall. You say what has it got to do with sons? The word bath in that place in the Hebrew is Ben. And it means a son. Genesis 49, 22. Did you get that? Come on, is it there? That word bath is the Hebrew word Ben. And Ben means a son. Not just a son. As a builder of the family name. And that's what I like. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. As a builder and a family name. In the wider sense. Including grandson, subject, nation, quality or condition. A builder of the family. And that is what I'm interested in. We are talking about sons that will rise upon the face of the earth to build the name of God. These are the same group of people, what the Bible referred to as the builder of the bridge or the repairer of the bridge, the builder of the family in What name do we carry? Can you think about the life of Joseph in Egypt? Everybody got to know God in Egypt because Joseph was there. Hallelujah. You know, the terrible situation came when Israelite begin to suffer. The Hebrew people, the Jewish people begin to suffer when the Bible says, there arose another Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. But as long as Joseph was alive, the Bible says it was a fruitful bow. It was a song that built the family's name. Think about the hunger that was even in Canaan, in the land, wherever. How that because of the hunger... Joseph was positioned, the family name, and everybody came. What happened? He gave them goshen. The Bible said the father rode on chariots. Everybody was well taken care of. This is a son building the family's name. Right there in Egypt, Pharaoh could not do without Joseph. They have to consult him. Oh, the Bible tells us, he said in the days of famine, the man that says to the people, he's a good man. Joseph was a good man. Because he had to say to the rest of the people so that hunger will not kill them. This is a man building a family's name. Who are you? <laughs> How are people beginning to migrate to the faith just because of you? And they say, I would have loved to be a Christian because of that man. You belong to the household of it. Am I talking? You belong to God? How are you building the name of God? Ben. That is what I am talking about. Glory to God. How do people relate to you? And he says, fruitfulness. Now you see, it is the same thing that God gave to Adam. Be fruitful. Is that okay? (laughs) Hallelujah. I tell you, when you grow to this level, and when this dimension of God's life begins to walk through your life, my friend, listen to me, nothing is going to stop you. There's going to be an expansion. Because you are there to build the family's name. How many of you can imagine that when your parents sit back and they think about you in the natural, they can rejoice? Don't think about it. How many of you have come to the place where you know that wherever you go to, you are carrying your father's name? And some people are beginning to see, beginning to know, there is an airway broadcasting a name just because you are alive. How long are you going to exist? I was counseling with someone yesterday on the phone. I told the person, how many lives do you have to live? Talk to, to me. me. How many lives do you have to live? That you spend all your life here doing nothing. But I have to think about maybe marriage, maybe children, <laughs> business not working. <laughs> oh goodness me. Some of us need good prayers to find out the bearing in the spirit. Family's name the builder that through those people, the name of the family is being established on the face of the earth. Jesus built a family's name. God, today people are talking about God or oh, in relation to whom? To Jesus. And which name are you building? In fact, have you come to that place at all? That because of you men will begin to migrate towards Christianity and say, man, I must embrace this faith. Have you come to that? Because all you know is what God can give to you. God, hear my leg. God, hear my nose. God, hear my eye. That's all you know. Oh God, there's no food on my table. And those who don't want to talk, that will say, but you know, I'm very rich. And yet you are the poorest person. Why are you confusing? That is all you know. People like Apostle Paul had nothing. But I tell you something. They don't wear Paul, but yet make him many rich. They build the family's name. They build the name of that which they belong and believe in. Where is your identity? Think about it. Who are you? Let's still read on Because there's something here that, in the course of my study, that I find out as well. See, we're looking at something. The Bible said Joseph that was building a family name, They didn't refer to him as being a handsome man. They said he was a beautiful man. Said Joseph was a beautiful man. And you know when he said. When you read that scripture and say. The bow by a well. And the branches running over a wall. We were made to understand from history. And poet who wrote in those even Arabic poems. They said women. The Egyptian ladies were literally climbing walls. To look at the beauty of Joseph. There was something in the life of this man. And that I find in Isaiah 6 verse 3. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us it's going to turn our arches to beauty. Hallelujah. The arches of his slavery, the arches of the bondage, the arches of imprisonment. Of Are you hearing this? He turned into beauty. That people were literally looking for Joseph to see how beautiful he was. Beauty was coming out of this man. Not just in terms of a spiritual figure. There were some attributes in his life that people were looking for. He was building the family's name. And they were say, who could this man be? He says, the son of Jacob. He is the one that serves the God of Israel. He was building the family's name. There were characteristics in his life. God was turning his arches to beauty. And the garment of mourning to the garment of praise. These are the next level of people that God is looking for. Not just talking, not just shouting, not just carrying Bible. Hey, are you there with me? This is my envy, man. No, not just noise making, but that you coming out of your life and men looking for you. Say literally the, the, the women of Egypt, they will come climb wall. They'll climb the wall. They want to look at Joseph. Hey, glory to God. Listen, what Jesus suffered. That there was no comeliness. He transferred the comeliness into Joseph. What people could not look at in the life of Jesus because of the bruise and the wounds, they become beauty in the life of Joseph. God wants to beautify somebody, God wants to transform you from this ugliness that is in your life into something that people will rush and look unto. By his stripe, we are healed. With this ugliness, we are becoming beautiful. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Now there's something, Max, that really fascinated me. you know even Mohammed? Mohammed. If you read the Quran chapter 12, he dedicated the whole of chapter 12 of Quran in describing the beauty of Joseph. That is That is hidden. Are you hearing this? Because he was building the family's name. Even men who claim to be prophet, they could see something in Joseph that was never found in the life of other people. So that the whole of the Quran, chapter 12 as a whole, Muhammad was writing about the beauty of Joseph. Who is this man? A beautiful man. Everybody's looking for him. Oh man, look at the things that were in the life of this man. And think about it. That is Ben. The builder of the family's name. And God is intended to do that in your life. But you must grow from being a nephews. You must grow from beyond being what? A techno. You must go from beyond just being a king. This one you are claiming. Look,ing You see, that is what Paul was writing to He said, you reign apart from me. Said, I wish you also truly reign. You claim to be reigning. Let us see if you are truly reigning. Some of us are claiming to be kings and yet we are even nephews. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I discovered on that so much and we can't begin to think about it But that is the major thing that struck me when I was making this research and they said Muhammad have to begin to write about Joseph. And we're even told that even the Queen one of the Queens too I think in in the house of Pharaoh have to call all the daughters and she wanted to see how beautiful she was and she gave these people some not so crack and and um, i mean some things were sliced with a very sharp knife and they were slicing and then she came out and walked around them and, and they wanted she wanted them to look just like a, a, a vaster did and she wanted these maidens to see how beautiful she was and before they know it they saw joseph walking around and they turned their friends you might looking at joseph and they begin to slice their fingers <laughs> glory to God something better, something glorious they couldn't see a human being they were seeing Christ in this man so they cut their fingers people are going to cut their fingers because of the glory upon your life no man can deceive them they are going to recognize that this one is beautiful there is something in his life we can't contend it we can't fight it we can't struggle with it we see life in him something is coming out that we can't contend with they will cut your fingers <laughs> hallelujah are you getting this it's not you saying it <laughs> hallelujah amen see friends you know what I'm trying to share with you it's nice to be in church but the church is not going to rule it's a man child that came out of the church that have the road to rule the nation Come out of church and become a son. That's my announcement to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come out of a church. Come out of a denomination and become what? A son. Let God begin to clothe you with the garment of praise. Is that alright? In place of mourning, He's giving you the spirit of joy. And something will begin to happen. See The Bible said in Isaiah 61 verse 3. To appoint unto them that more in Zion. To give unto them beauty for what? For arches. The oil of joy for what? For mourning The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called. Trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he God might be glorified. That is the building of the family's name. That through you. God is going to be glorified. That's why I say you are called as what? A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Do you understand that? That you might do what? Show for the praises of him who has called you into light. This is no time, my friend, to be talking about church. We are talking of people who build a family's name. Not just your immediate family, not just your biological family, that is also there. But I'm talking about building the kingdom and coming to the place where through you men will begin to rush to the kingdom, begin to write things about the kingdom, write poems about the kingdom. People who don't even know about the kingdom, they are going to write because they are looking at you. Am I talking to somebody here? You see people writing about Joseph. They were not believers. They didn't even know the God of Joseph. But they were writing about Joseph. People can read and say, Okay, who is this Joseph? They can begin to trace him and say, the son of Jacob. and son of Jacob. son of Abraham. And son Isaac and Abraham. And they begin to locate and find, Finally, the God of Abraham is the God of the whole world. They are building the family's name. Who is going to train God? Who is going to trace God through you? Who is going to trace God through you? I'm afraid with this, your nephew's attitude, oh, oh, so much is damage is being done to the name of the Father. Because even now, despite the Father, you've been there for 40 years. All that you know is to be a nephew. But today, God will give you grace. You will rise. You will rise. You will arise. You will arise in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, pray for the people.